Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Katherine Taylor. Hey friends, this is Catherine, and I just wanted to give you a heads up that this week's episode is a little bit different. We had to switch around some things at the very last minute, and we're joined by my friend Claire Colbert here in Atlanta. She comes on to talk about an article that she wrote for us last week. Claire has been a supporter of Girls Gone Gravel, my uh, adventure partner for the past year over uh, the COVID year. And she's also been uh, giving a good bit of contribution through her writing. So I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation with Claire. It's a little bit different. We'll be back next week uh, with some more traditional interviews, but I hope you enjoy the podcast today. Christy, do you know one thing that I'm really sick of? What is that? All the freaking trends and that are coming out in wellness, like eat this, uh, avoid that. I don't even yeah, know where to start. I- yeah, I don't know where to start. I don't know who to trust. Yeah, but we have a new sponsor that I'm pretty excited about. Have you have you yes. done your stuff? Yeah, I'm so stoked. Yeah, so Inside Tracker is our new sponsor, and they're gonna cut through all the noise, and they're gonna analyze our blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers, and then we get personalized, science-backed, trackable action plans for how we should eat, age. We need that and perform better. I know. I'm excited. It's the cool thing about it is it's, it's cheaper and it's way more convenient than the traditional blood tests. Um, they include biomarkers that are key to performance. So, so information that we're not getting from traditional blood tests. Um, and I think my favorite part is that they're not just going to give us the data, but they're providing us with nutrition and lifestyle tips to help us take action and cut through the noise. Yes. I love that. Cause I feel like whenever I go to the doctor and I get blood tests, I have no idea what to do with them. Right. Exactly. Yep. And I don't, they don't apply to like whatever I'm doing. Um, and the good news is because they are a sponsor of the podcast, all of you all get 25% off their entire store. You just go yes. to insidetracker.com slash girls gone gravel. Change is an inside job. Start on the inside. Well, hi, Christy. Good morning, Catherine. How are you? 
I'm good. <laughs> my voice all froggy. <laughs> I know you're coming off of camp. Yeah, that's good. But I'm tired for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. When you came on, I was like, oh, are you okay? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I've, I've done so many events where you feel that on Monday, you just kind of feel like you're hungover, even if yeah, you haven't I, had a drop to drink. I literally, I think I rode more miles in the past four days than I have this entire year. So it was a big weekend for sure. So, and it was exciting because we had, um, campers from across the nation. We had two female head coaches, which was awesome. Um, some st- super strong women and, and, um, out there on doing camp. So it's always fun to see you know, women out there leading the charge. It was fun. Speaking of someone else who just rolled out of bed, (laughs) we pulled in um, my friend Claire for the podcast today. Hi, Claire. Hi guys. You have a good excuse for just rolling out of bed on a Monday morning because you, uh, you work for CNN and you work till midnight. I do. And I did. Yes. I was working till about 11 last night. So that's yeah. why I was asleep when you texted me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were not asleep when I texted because you had texted me 15 minutes before. And I told Christy, I was like, Claire might be asleep still because she was working the late shift. Probably. I can't ever keep track. You like have these crazy shifts. Sometimes you work from like 3 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. It just, we rotate through them like every three months or so. So sometimes they work nine to five and then sometimes they work at 3 a.m. to like 11 a.m. and then sometimes I work at 4 p.m. till midnight. So sometimes which weekends, one's your sometimes not. which one's your favorite shift? Um, you know, I actually really like the super early shift, the 3 a.m. one. Um, it's obviously really hard to make sure you sleep enough, but then you have the entire day to do whatever you want. So mm-hmm. get your errands done. Nobody else is doing anything. I would so, be napping. That's what I would be doing the rest of the time. I'm not a good napper, so I don't do that. I just stay awake until like six or seven or so and then go to bed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell everybody what you do for CNN. So I'm a producer at CNN and I do the news crawl on the bottom. So the ticker. So all this like scrolling stuff that you see go by. And then I also, uh, I freelance at the digital department and write stories for .com of like day of news stuff. So something happens and you see a story on CNN.com that day about it, then I might've written it. So nice. Yeah. I did ask Claire, we were at the event and I, uh, a few weeks ago and I was like, if it's ever a boring news day, could you like put something in like so-and-so wins unbound 200? <laughs> she can't. <laughs> I could, I could probably easily do that, but then I would get fired or in big, big trouble. So. <laughs> They're like, what is this? Yeah. Only a fraction of CNN viewers would get it, I think. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but they would appreciate it. If they understood it, they would be like, I like that. That's rad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We could all like write in like really great feedback and then maybe you'd get a promotion instead. <laughs> instead of, yeah. I like that. yeah. Maybe. Well, That's speaking nice. of writing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You wrote something pretty good for Girls Gone Gravel just this last week. When was that? Sorry. My, my weekend was all blurred. Is it Thursday, um, Friday? Yeah, that was this past week, right? When you posted, when we posted I posted it, it on Friday because we had yeah. like a great conversation with Allie Tetrick last week. And then it was just a really good follow-up piece because she was talking in that conversation a lot about creating equal opportunities for women. 
Um, yeah, that was probably like one of the first things I've written in a really long time that I actually really cared about, like as a personal, you know, like an issue that was actually really personal to me. And uh, it was actually really fun. I enjoyed it. I, Catherine had asked me about it. We had talked about it weeks ago, I think. It had been a while. Um, yeah, it was at the Southeast Cycling after we came back from that event and they told us, you know, right. how they had worked so hard to create uh, an equal men's and women's pro field, but they were still struggling to get more women at the starting line. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking about what different races are doing. And I was like, hey, you want to write a story? <laughs> and I pretty much just say yes to everything that you ask. So, <laughs> well, except for the cowboy hat <laughs> idea. <laughs> I, I only in my defense, I didn't know what you were asking. So it's fine. <laughs> it might not ever see the light of day. <laughs> Christy had another idea for us today instead. Um, yeah, but so kind of give us the, so tell us about the story and kind of what you learned out of that or give us the overview if people haven't read it and we'll link it in the show notes for sure. So the overview is that it was um, basically just about making space for women in sports and cycling specifically. And I think, um, you know, I, the podcast that you guys did a few weeks ago with Erin Ayala also like really resonated. And I think that so many of us, we have these experiences all the time, like the bike shop, the rude people, the rude men at the bike shop, the unsolicited advice out riding or wherever. And looking at it from a lens of like, no, these are like real issues. There are microaggressions and there are like ways to handle it. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just, so in just putting all of that onto paper or whatever, or computer, um, you know, I think it's okay to talk about them. It's okay to acknowledge that the issues are out there. And then, um, you know, and so then also, but hey, there's other races and there's other people out there who are doing they're making an effort to counterbalance it, I guess, is kind of the way that I was looking at it. And, um, you know, I think a lot of men might think that they're being helpful and it is, uh, you know, they're offering advice, but, um, but it's just not, and they just need to probably not <laughs> be so forthcoming with all of their advice. But, um, but it was refreshing to see. I hadn't, um, I got to talk to Gavin from um, the Dead Man Gravel race that is just starting up. And, Um, you know, and it's great to see people who are so passionate about making space and understanding that it's okay to make space. It's not preferential treatment. It's not, um, you know, special treatment or anything like that. It's just, we've all been in the system for so long that has been a little bit counterbalanced against us and it's been Mm -hmm. harder to get into. And so um, it's okay to say like, you know, hey, we're going to give like an extra week, for example, for registration um, for certain groups, for women and minorities and people of color and all of that who are traditionally underrepresented, but ride bikes and want to ride bikes and want to go to events, but, you know, maybe don't always feel super welcome after seeing certain marketing materials or language that's used around certain, um, you know, aspects of cycling in the bike shop and all that. So. I think you used a key word there because I think that that word of preferential treatment um, is where we're seeing a little bit of pushback from the other direction. Like, why are they getting preferential treatment? Um, And, you know, I've seen it, I've heard it. I heard it at camp this weekend, um, you know, because we had, we were taking a picture at the top of this hill with all the the women athletes that were there and a guy in the back. I mean, he didn't mean anything. There was no ill intent behind it, but he was like, when do I get to be in a picture like this? And I'm like, 
you know, just the, the lack of understanding of that um, is where I think that word preferential comes into play because it's, it's not preferential treatment. And I think you said this in your article when you were just basically talking about kind of leveling that playing field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and it's like, you know, women still earning less than men, um, yep. that too. And it's like so many people can talk about it and it's not that, you know, or even like the women's soccer team fighting for equal pay, like all of that stuff, like they get so much pushback, but it's not even, it's not, I mean, they are much better than the men's team. So I'm not going to say it's not that they're not special because they're very good and they deserve the money and everything, you know, but it is like, it's not that they're not special in that sense, but that it's okay to recognize that there's a difference and we can correct it mm -hmm. and not, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's, I get a little, it's so frustrating to hear some of the pushback because I feel like it's usually from the men and it's usually from people who, you know, groups, white men really, who have been like, you know, represented like across the board, been running things forever um, and in kind of positions of power forever. And then I feel like if they just felt a little bit of what they're feeling and that they think like, oh, well, where's the space for me now? That's what we've felt the entire time, yeah. you know? And it's like, so I, I get frustrated when they get defensive about it. And I'm like, I wish they would just be like, oh, this is what you felt. This sucks. Like, let me help fix it as opposed yes. to, you know, getting defensive about it and like making a big deal about it. Like, this is what we've been feeling the whole time. So like, let's just bring everybody into the fold and that's okay. You know, so. It doesn't yeah. always feel good. You, you got does. some pushback from um, opening up the new event in Trinidad, the RAD. Mm -hmm. uh, right, Christy? Yeah. There was a post that went up where somebody wrote across the opening, white men need not apply. And, uh, you know, there was a part of me that felt like, yeah, don't apply if that's how you feel. You know, or you could flip that on its head and be like, okay, I understand. You know, just kind of exactly like what Claire's talking about. Um, that, you know, I don't, I personally don't want to see cycling events become political. At the same time, I totally understand why they have become that way. Um, and, you know, negotiating that space of, of making sure that this, that the start lines, I mean, you know, ideally what I want to see is true and everlasting change in this space. Like, I don't want this to be a movement. I don't want this to be something that's temporary. I want this to be the way we move forward. Um, and negotiating those waters right now is obviously difficult because we're just seeing so much controversy in the space, but we need to hold true to the fact that um, a start line can be inclusive and should be inclusive. And continue working towards that degree um, so that everybody feels welcome. Yeah. I, I just always think back to, um, and you, you know about this, Christy, I think I told you too, Claire, one email I got last year, I can't remember mm. somebody was doing creating just space, safe ride spaces for, um, you know, LGBTQ and then, um, BIPOC athletes, like anybody that didn't feel like they had a place, they were trying to create safe group rides. And I sent the email out and just said, Hey, register for this. If you'd like to be a part of it. And I got this email from a woman saying that I was ruining gravel, 
that it's always been inclusive and everybody's welcome. And, and so I had some responses that I wanted to write, but I was like, let's just test this. And I said, I'm so glad you felt that way. I would love for you to send me a picture of your group and the diversity in your group and I'll post it so that people can see. And she said, well, we don't have any diversity, but everybody's, everybody knows they're welcome here. Yeah. Like, well, you can see how some people might feel like they've been left out and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I will never follow you again. I was like, well, that's okay. This is not the right space for you. You know, that's a good decision for you. But yeah. <laughs> it was just crazy to get an email like that, like fighting so hard against trying to make space for everybody. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's why I included in the article too, that like, that's, that's a common like response. I feel like, you know, like, well, we are inclusive. Everybody is welcome. Like writing, you know, it's whatever, but like, but look around your group and see how inclusive it really is. And then, you know, you got to tell us about it. You got to tell people it's inclusive. You got to like, you know, reach out to people, extend a hand and say like, Hey, do you want to come ride with us sometimes? Like, it's not, I don't know, just because you think you're inclusive and welcoming and everything, like nobody else knows that. So it's okay to reach out and invite other people to ride in your group. So, (laughs) yeah, I noticed it a lot when I used to work at, uh, a bike shop and we would get assets, marketing assets from companies. And it would be all probably 80% of the pictures would be guys. And then the pictures of women would be like one or two super, super fit white women riding in the group of guys. And so, you know, then you're trying to like send marketing emails to women and I don't have any images that I can use. Cause it's not anything that somebody can see themselves represented in. So I think, you know, like it goes beyond just putting these things at the starting lines. What, what are some other things that you all have done, Christy, to kind of. I mean, I think I mean, that I'm a believer in that if you see it, you can be it. So it's just continuing to push that, um, that perspective um, and continuing to be very cognizant of, of including women, um, not just on the bike, but off the bike, um, you know, so that they're represented in the space other than more than just from the, you know, athletic pursuit per se, um, looking at everything and asking, um, is this, is this the representation we want to put out there? You know, you're not going to hit it all the time, but if you're if at the back of everybody's mind on your team is that, um, it definitely helps. Like when you're thinking, you know, where's the diversity in, in these shots? How do we work to correct that? And of course, um, as we grow this and become more inclusive, it's, a, it's an effort to make sure that's happening. Um, it, it takes an effort. It takes a conscious effort to do that. And we all slip up sometimes, and, you know, it's going to happen. Um, I kind of compare it to the year that we had the mud at DK, which was 2015. The pictures that we used the year after were people all hiking their bike. And I know it seems different, but I was like, we can't use just pictures of people hiking their bike because people are going to think that that's all you do when you come and do this event. It's, it's how you're portraying yourself so that you're making sure you're putting out there images that make people feel welcome. Um, and 
you know, we do try to make sure that we're doing it across the board um, and being part of Lifetime now, I'm really, really proud of the initiatives we've got in place. And I can see the culture changing. Um, of course, you know, I want it faster. I want it now, you know, I'm impatient, but we're setting ourselves up for the long haul of making these changes so that they are, that they do stick. There's obviously a big push for this right now. And when that momentum goes away, because it's like everything, it will ebb and flow. We need to be in the position where we've made such a mark and such a difference that it sticks and it keeps going. Um, that's important to me is the long, is the long game of this, not the short game. Um, you know, when we did our 200 women, 200 miles campaign, um, in 2016 for the 2017 event, I didn't want that to end ever. You know, how do we keep pushing that? And, um, I do think we have a lot of event directors now that are conscious of that. Um, and I'm hoping it sticks. So, yeah. Well, and we've struggled with it too, like to bring more diversity into the podcast and to bring more diversity, mm -hmm. even into our Instagram feed. Like I only have posted things that people tag us in and have definitely gotten some pushback and we've had some meetings and with a DEI expert and just have been actively working on that. But like you said, it takes time. And I think some people got really frustrated last summer because it wasn't happening fast enough, but we were like, we want to tell people's stories, not tell people's stories because of, you know, yeah, that their race oh, well, or their sexual orientation. We want to tell like, that's a part of their story, but it's not the story. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So how long do we keep doing these things? <laughs> well, what do you think, Claire? <laughs> um, I think as long as you get posts and graphics that have like manipulated the race graphic with like whatever that said, white men need not apply. I think that, I mean, if there's still that sort of like, if you see diversity, is that problematic? Problematic? Then like me, I feel like maybe you need to, I don't know, like reflect on yourself a little bit too and see like why that's so like threatening to you. I don't think it's, to me, it just seems like so obvious, you know, like the more different faces and different backgrounds and everybody we have at these races, the more we'll all learn from each other and the more, um, you know, community we can build through that. And then to just see that kind of negativity, I think as long as that's still out there, then it shows that like, we still need to make space for people. Yeah. I mean, my goal isn't like, what was it? RBG said when there are nine, when asked how many women on the Supreme court would be, you know, um, it's such an eye opening statement from her, right? Because there's been nine men forever. And everyone thinks that's fine. I just know, not everyone, Everybody you know, thought like, that was fine. You know, like, why is that fine? It shouldn't be fine. Yeah. It shouldn't um, be fine. So, you know, I'm not asking for 100% female at our event, but at our events, but I am asking, you know, for that, for the space for there to be 50% female, if that's what they want to do. So it's, uh, it's kind of fun to be able to be doing this. It's frustrating for sure. When you see a comment like that come across your, your BIPOC women initiatives, like, like, you know, you want to throat punch somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like well, really 
it. Since the three of us are on this call, this could be a fun time to announce something that we all have coming up. <laughs> Christine's looking at me like, what are you talking what, about? What do we have coming up? <laughs> well, we actually have two things coming up, but um, Claire and I are heading to Kansas. I don't think we've announced oh, this. Oh, yeah. Claire and I are heading to Kansas and Christy will be joining us as she can to do some live coverage at the Unbound event, especially on the women's field. So we'll be there talking with women that are racing. We'll be talking with pros and we'll be talking with um, other women. We want to capture your stories. It'll be going live onto our feeds. Uh, We'll be doing some race day coverage as well. So we're pretty excited about that and just like helping I think the more, like you said, Christy, the more people see it, the more they can be it. And, mm-hmm. um, it's really fun when you kind of see the inside of an event and it's not as intimidating as you thought it was. I think a lot of times. Well, after riding that 50 miles of mud on Saturday, it can be intimidating, <laughs> 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 that is yeah, but it's also, it's, it's, it's worth the effort. It's just, been yeah. Fun. so yeah. And it's worth sharing people's stories of like the journey they've taken. And let's face yeah. it after 2020, we all need to come together and celebrate just a little bit. Cause what the heck this is <laughs> it's time. So. Yeah. I can't wait to get out there and meet you in person, Christy, and then meet all the other, uh, like followers we were at. Um, I think you've talked about this Catherine, but when we were at that race, the Southeast gravel race a few weeks ago and actually met, a Girls Gone Gravel podcast listener and she was wearing a Gone Graveling sweatshirt and now, you know, we're friends. So it was great. Uh, Well, speaking of that, so that's our other really fun thing that we have, uh, which Claire has been helping me with tons of feedback on is we have a Girls Gone Gravel kit. Oh God, it's beautiful. I'm so so excited about it. It looks so good. I can't wait. I'm so excited about it. So it is um, in the, we partnered with a company uh, called Volaire. They uh, do one of those where you can go in and order for so much time. So you're not buying it from me. You're buying it from them. They did all the design uh, with lots of feedback. Uh, Celine Yeager helped us with some feedback. Claire helped with some feedback. And um, I believe they're on sale till April 19th. They should ship if you're riding unbound and you want the kit, it should ship the week of, um, maybe you want it just for a shakeout ride. Cause I do not recommend a brand new kit on race day. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am hoping to, um, I'm hoping to have one and, um, hopefully get on a demo bike or something and do some riding out there. I don't know if I'm going to be bringing my bike cause we're going to be pretty busy. Um, and I, we'll put the link and how to get those in the show notes. So if they're super popular, we'll open it again later in the year, but they, it isn't limited. You have to get them. And I've heard, uh, Celine said they're pretty, uh, they're good quality. Um, yeah, they are. I, I, I said, I how's the chamois? And she said, I can ride on it for quite a while. So that's the most important thing. Yeah. Yay. I'm so excited. They're cool. So yeah. I can't just what I need another kit. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, before we go, Claire, tell us, tell us what you're writing this year. Cause I know you, I met you in the triathlon world, but now you've come over to the gravel side. You, you have to get a few of those triathlons out of the way that you committed to, but, <laughs> uh, so like what races am I doing? Yeah. Um, well, yes, I have, uh, half Ironman Chattanooga is still, that's in like a month or so in May. And that's still a carryover from 2019, which is such a weird thing to think about that. Like 
I don't know, that just feels like a lifetime ago now. So I registered for that in 2019 and obviously it didn't happen last year. So that is in May and there's still some talk that it might not happen. I'm not sure. There's like some local Chattanooga politics going on. So who knows? Um, but I've been training for that. And then, um, gosh, what's after that? I guess SBT and Steamboat and then Last Best Ride in Montana. I'm very excited about our road trip. Um, and then, um, yeah, maybe Big Sugar. We'll see what happens with that, all that stuff. Um, and then just a bunch of other, like the Southeast Gravel races. I really like that and really want to go to some more of that if I can convince you to, to do another road trip. Um, yeah, and then just a bunch of other, there's like a, a big time trial that I'm going to do also, the Death March Revival um, route in North Georgia and Tennessee. And it's 88 miles and 12,000 feet of climbing. So I figured that will be a good, that'll be good training for then Colorado and Montana. So that's, but they're doing it as a time trial still left over from pandemic cancellation stuff. So, um, yeah. You will be ready for the I climbing. Think, I think I'll be ready, but that's probably going to be done on a mountain bike. Cause that's, yeah, that's a lot. Claire was like, <laughs> I'm doing the longer routes in Montana and in Colorado. I'm like, I'm doing the short ones. It just seems they all like- count. Yeah. I feel like after 2020, I just was like, why not? Like go big, like say yes to everything. It's all fine. It'll be fine. I might go slow. I might walk part of it, whatever. We'll see. I did too many triathlons when I worked for the triathlon shop where I did the expo for two days before and then raced Mm. and then was like dead for two weeks. I'm like, "Mm, somebody learned her lesson, but I'm also a lot older than Claire. That factors (laughs) in, dang it. (laughs) So. all of the young people were trying to convince me to go out for the 50 miler yesterday, which I did, but I'm like, you guys are all literally old enough to be my kid and my kid's sitting there and they are <laughs> like the same age, but did text me on Saturday when I was out there in the middle of all, all the mud with the campers powering through this thing. And he said, mom, you're such a badass." <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I can keep going. I'm going to be really tired. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So. Okay. Claire, looks- thank you for, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to just say, where can people follow you on yeah. the socials, Claire? Um, mostly on Instagram. And my handle is Claire two underscores Colbert because someone took one underscore. Um, so yeah, that's the main place. Great. Thanks for jumping on so quick. Of course. I would say anytime, but maybe a little bit next maybe. time. <laughs> Claire's like, I've got to get a second cup of coffee before I jump on. Now it was great to hear your perspective a little bit more from the article. And, and it, I thought the article was really well, so well, really well written. So go read it. Hey, Christy. Hi, Catherine. Hey, are you thinking about your 2021 gravel adventures? I don't know who isn't thinking of 2021 gravel adventures. I know. Well, I kind of have a new bucket list race. What is it? It is a gravel stage race right outside of Calgary, Canada called the Trans Rockies Gravel Royale. Have you heard of this? Um, You know what? I have. I think it sounds amazing. Four days, four days of riding, 230 miles, 23,000 feet of climbing, and it's all in the Canadian Rockies. I think that sounds epic. Yeah, it's setups where they carry your tents, cook your food, and provide your medical support and more. And like set up a big party every night. 
That is the best kind of glamping right there. Yeah, it's really the only kind of glamping I will do. (laughs) I I believe that. (laughs) And you know what's cool is they are holding early bird spots for women because they're really working to get more women on the starting line. So if people are interested, where do you think they should go, Christy? Uh, TransRockiesGravelRoyale.com. I bet that site's got all the information. I think it does. And fingers crossed we'll be at some awesome 2021 adventure soon. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.